welcome back to another Ag Watchers, the, the most diverse podcast in Australian agriculture. And so we've got a special guest today, Christina Hermanson from FMC, and we want to talk about diversity and inclusion. So Christina, thanks for coming on. How is it thanks going? Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, thrilled to thrilled to be here today. And uh, I'll just um, go straight off and, and swap it around to inclusion and diversity. But uh, yeah, a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I'd like to point out for, for those listeners, those eagle, uh, eagle-eared listeners, that diverse range of accents on, do, um, on, on, on the podcast today. We've got... Do eagles have good hearing? Eagle-eared listeners? I don't know. I don't know. We've got, we've got broad Scottish. All the Australians think broad Scottish. The Scottish think Australian. Australian. And then we've got guttural dandenong with Matt. There you go. There you go. Yeah, nah. And we've got Christina from the United States of America. Oh, how y'all doing? Y'all. <laughs> so, Christina, let's, let's, you've listened to the podcast many times. I know that. Oh, definitely. And uh, you know the drill, so we don't have to tell you. Christina is mainly listening to the podcast for the singing. For I'm, the singing. Sure. I yeah. do love the singing. And there's what you don't see is the dancing behind the singing. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Straight into it, Matt. Sixth Sense. It's easy. It's always easy when somebody's listened to the podcast because they know what's they know what's coming. Yep. Sixth Sense. I'll start off, I'll start off with the uh, word association. So uh, the lead scholarship winners. The what scholarship? Lead scholarship. What's that? Well, we're going to talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have I missed some talking points? <laughs> <laughs> um, haggis. Haggis. What's that? <laughs> Obviously, don't listen to the podcast enough. Uh, black, no. black, black pudding. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Australia. Home. Diversity. Potential. Diverse opinions. Need them, love them, want them. Very good. I think that's a six. I never. I, I always I forget, think, I think, I, I forget I think. to keep track of how many there are, but I'm pretty sure that's six. So um, we we started with that lead scholarship. I, I thought you would have been all over that one, Andrew. That's uh, well, I was oh. going to get I was going to get Christina to let us know because you're obviously integrally part of that lead scholarship program, which is gain. It's, it's it, the whole idea is to bring diversity into agriculture, is it not? So do you want to give us a quick rundown of what it is? Uh, can, can, can we can we go back a second? Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know we're we're trying to be professionals here, but can we can we start off? <laughs> with what is diversity okay and and start let's let's like i i went to, i was listening to a a, a documentary the other day you got to start with a framework matt you got to start with a foundation okay. and then build the ecosystem <clears throat> up see i've got i know all my words the ecosystem. So, so what is diversity so it for me diversity <clears throat> comes in all beautiful shapes and forms um it comes in know, some ugly, it comes in some ugly ones like matt as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah some musical ones um yeah everything from obviously gender is a significant gap and we'll talk more about that um but cultural intergenerational um people with disabilities um all you know, all ranges of diversity, and really the way 
the way that I think about diversity, um, and I hope that's a word that eventually in my career I won't even need to say. It's really about inclusion. It, it will just be. It, will just, it won't be diversity. It'll be just the workforce. Yeah, it's just. It's just what it is. And if we're working together, really in an inclusive way, really being curious, being collaborative, not like. Uh, you know, we're sitting at the table and we're working together, but genuinely collaborative, then diversity will just happen. And we don't even, yeah, we don't have this conversation. The podcast might get deleted. It'll probably be banned way before then. <laughs> <laughs> probably for stealing people's lyrics and you know, un- un- unauthorized covers. So it's interesting because I, 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 diversity for me, I, I, I'm a big believer in an old expression from Scotland, yeah? too much agreement kills the chat which is a kind of basically saying if you argue a lot then you get a good solution and that that sounds a bit aggressive and scottish but but it has a sort of an important meaning to me in that i think diversity is diversity diversity of opinion is important but i guess the thing is it's how that diversity is shaped and and how those opinions are shaped because i guess in this call, uh, you come from a, a dairy farm. Yeah. Uh, Matt comes from, uh, I don't know, an orphanage or something. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, like, uh, imagine the Charles Dickens novel, Andrew, yeah, yeah. Be sitting dead and all. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. don't need any more, Matt. You've had enough. <laughs> after, after seeing the pictures of you from last week. Um, but I guess that's the thing, is, is how do you get more opinions into the industry? And, and maybe that's your scholarship. Yeah, so I, I think that's that's one that's one avenue. And we uh, just recently FMC announced the second um, round of winners for our lead scholarship. So this is a scholarship that's open to all eighteen to thirty-four year old females in the ag industry. And what we're looking to do with that scholarship is really so it's not um, it's not, op- it's not open to all. No, it's not open to all. And um, yeah, I mean, the reason for that is it, it's aimed to fit quite nicely together mm. with the NFF Diversity in Ag program, which targets yep. more more senior ladies. And we're looking at um, supporting younger women in the industry to have a platform to share their ideas. Um, and uh, it's pretty unique because we invite the winners to some networking events that we have, National Ag Day and uh, the National Farmers Federation. Um, and also really just have a unique bespoke education opportunity. Um, so it's uh, it's unique and it's targeted to benefit the industry. Um, some people, Christine, Christine, some people might be critical then of saying, oh, well, it's a, diver- it's a diversity type program, but it's only open to women of a set age group, right? But there's a reason for that too. In, if, I saw somewhere the stats around the representation of women in ag in senior positions. And I can't recall the exact numbers, but I'm probably sure you've got them at hand. And it's pretty poor, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, let's just let's just look at those numbers quickly. So if you look at, at the workplace overall in Australia, women make up 51% and 41% in management in ag and forestry. Women make up 36% of the workforce and 19% of management. And then, you know, we go to the, the CEO level um, where the overall workforce is 19% and ag is 6%. And so naturally, you know, for me, um, I'm just really keen to see uh, 
broader diversity in, in the strategy and decision-making. And um, I think women just need a little extra support um, to change those statistics and, and make it up there, whether that's role modeling, networking. Mentorship. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously, uh, Matt is a, Matt's an Australian, like a, a, a born Australian. You're, you're an Australian as well, I'm guessing. Same as me. Like a naturalized, like, like, like a naturalized oh. dual, dual citizen, the same. I'm a, a permanent resident and nearly, nearly getting my passport. It won't be long. Just wait till after the election, and then you don't have to vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I'd done the same, but but I guess you've been here. I know you left you left the USA in the 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 the, the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. I I left and joined here in 2010. Mm, yeah. From a scorecard, yeah? How do you think Australia actually performs? Because I, I look back to my times in the UK, yeah? And I'd go to the, the Scottish corn trade dinner, yeah? And there was two things that I would notice. And by the way, for people who are listening, we don't use the word corn to refer to corn. Corn. Oh, we, well, corn is... Corn. Corn. It, corn. Corn is maize, yeah? But yeah. corn in Scotland refers to wheat. Just really? Yeah, that's a, that's a traditional Scottish I thing. I did not know that. So, so corn is, that, is that just in Scotland or the whole? No, that, that, that's Europe. Yeah. So, so corn okay. is corn is typically referred to, and this is a really big hoibug tangent, but mm. but corn is actually refers to the the largest local crop in the area. So it could be corn, it could be it could be it could be maize, but it could also be or, ba- or barley, even. barley, oats, wheat. Oh. Anyway, complete <laughs> tangent there, but it just. So we don't grow corn in Scotland, or not much, but we have the Scottish corn trade dinner. Anyway, so you go to this event, yeah? And and I would have been, when I was going there, I would be in my early 20s, yeah? And you'd rock up there, you know, kilt, you know, bow tie, because it was a lot more formal in the UK than it is in Australia. You can't just rock up with singlet and singlet and fongs. And you'd be there, four or 500 people, all, all the who's who of uh, Scottish grains. And uh, you look across the audience. Yeah? And I remember saying to my colleague, who was the next youngest person above me who was there, and he was 35, right? Yeah. And then I was saying to him, I says, well, the next person older than you is probably 50. And so you've got so so you've got people coming up to 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 us saying, "Oh, it's the young whippersnappers." Like, no. But I was I was early twenties. He was thirty five in any industry. You don't call the young whippersnappers. But there was only one woman there, maybe two yeah. women out of I'm saying I would say four hundred five hundred people. And I always found that in the UK, it really was no diversity. With the one or two that, in that era as well, the one or two women that were there were they were they part of the industry? Or were they like you know there with their potential no, part, partner? Part, part of the industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and and but then in Australia, I have found that there's a lot more inclusion, uh, and and it might not seem that from like somebody who's been here a long time. You might think, oh, we've not done that well, but I do think that at times we are doing reasonably well. You've got Fiona Simpson, mm. you've, you've got uh, Joel Hall, Melinda Hashimoto, Margot uh, Andre, Margot Bonnie Andre, Skinner, Bonnie Skinner, yeah. Amelia Shaw. You've got this actual list. Of, actually, actually yeah. I can't name that many men. George Somerset. Yeah. <laughs> George Somerset. And so, so I just wonder, like, what do you, do you think Australia is, I know there's always more you can do, but 
out of five out of five, what do you think it? What, where do you think Australia is? Out out of five. I think we're I think we're we're three and a half, and I gotta yeah I gotta put a half in there. I mean, first of all, for me, you know, American. Um, I joined the ag sciences crop protection industry only four years ago. Everyone I meet is highly welcoming and you know open to new ideas. I probably talk different. I I look at things a little bit differently. So that inclusion element is there. It's you, just... you, you talk differently. <laughs> imagine, imagine the challenges I've had. Well, they just laugh at you. <laughs> no, but um, but I just it's three and a half just because the the potential is there. We're just we're just not quite there yet though in in um in achieving achieving the potential. And it does take time and uh you know, I see in my own organization, it's been four years now, um, we changed dramatically the way we recruit people. And it's been a great experience, you know, for everyone, but that that just that just does take some time. I, I was wondering, the last four years, not much has happened globally in the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nah. That's pretty, pretty quiet. Yeah? Yeah. So I'm just wondering, the... I'm just thinking back that we've got some clients who are a lot of clients who are, who we advise who are, are women. And one of the interesting things is they're all working from home now. Mm. And I just wondered, does that help or hinder inclusion of women in the workplace? Because I was thinking like like the contact of ours, um, she obviously can pick up the kids, come home and then do work. And there's not that kind of thing. I've got to go into the city and then drive back at three o'clock yeah. and go for 10 minute drive, pick them up and I'm back in the workplace. Is that, it must help inclusion. Yeah, I have mixed, I have mixed feelings. I think it depends on the role in general. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I can speak for myself during the lockdown. I spent a lot more time with my little daughter. I, I did much more of the drop-offs without the travel, you know, but come back to, to the time now, depending on your role. I need to travel. I need to be face to face mm. with my customers. Um, I need to be at the event where I last saw you guys. Um, and, and yeah, it, it can and, and cannot help. It depends. I think on some of the stats though, around like when you've got a, a couple that are husband and wife couple, so let's mm. be diverse. It's not all couples that exist, but husband and wife couple, um, that if both of them are in full-time work, even when you look at the numbers of the amount of hours spent in doing home-related matters, the, the, the female of the two tends to take the lion's share. So yeah, yeah, I wonder that, if work, but, working but my, from home could be a, a two-edged sword that you end up doing yeah. a whole lot of home-based stuff or having to look after the kids more. But, whatever, but when, you know. when you when you had Sarah, Matt, you were mm. the, the main person. I was the stay-at-home dad, but that, that's pretty rare. No, like but, I, but I, that, I, that, yeah. was, that was pretty modern for – when was that? Oh, nineteen eighties, 1960s, mate. Yeah, of course. I'm <laughs> very old. No, it was uh, it was in the early two thousands when my younger daughter was born, and uh, and so I, I ended up staying home for that period. Took a bit of a leave from work and like an extended leave, and um, and I was the stay at home dad, the kinder parent, the pickup mm. person, the cooking dinner person, the doing the bathroom cleaning. And all the kind of stuff. Well, when we go, actually, when we go out, uh, Andrew and I to conferences because I because I stayed at home all that time, and I've always been the uh, the person who does the ironing in our household. Um, <laughs> Somebody's got to do I think, it. I think Andrew's Andrew's got a Twitter picture of me ironing his shirt uh, in preparation for an <laughs> event. 
Um, so Andrew doesn't bother to iron or get you get your heavy shirt iron when he I just, just stuffs it in the bag well, and well, then he gives it to me. But I just look. We have uh, a person around the corner who irons our clothes for a whole bag of clothes for twenty dollars. Mm. Like it's, I'm, I'm more than happy to support the community and not have to iron. I'm with you. <laughs> and um, and and then sometimes you get to a conference and your shirt is got crumpled up, and I'm just not very good at ironing. And uh, so, so so there we go. So, but the point is, yeah. And I can't remember what your point was, Matt. I was just going to say about the we're, we're working from home. And yeah, it's working from working home. Working yeah. from home can be a two-edged sword, I think, particularly for, for the for the hmm. female part of the equation. If um, if they're the ones that do a lot of the lion's share of the home duties, and then home could be a, a place of extra work that's not really yeah. related to their job. Well, I think yeah. I mean I think you're you're bringing up but a really important point that a lot of men, you know, parents in the end of the day. Um, in the partnership want to be more equally involved. And what, one of the things that frustrates me in society in general, and it's probably a little bit more pronounced in Australia than Switzerland, Germany, the US, other places I've lived is um, it, you know, just the expectations on parents, uh, 2 p.m. pickup on a Friday, or you can't drop your kid until nine on a Tuesday. I mean, <laughs> Um, and then it, the school where my daughter goes, I can't always get her into aftercare. And so constantly having to think about this and plan, it adds stress to any kind of partnership. Um, yeah, so that's one element. But the other is, um, you know, we, we have now parental leave and we've had uh, in the last year, a couple of gentlemen actually in our manufacturing plant take it. And it's been fantastic. Um, that's like a that's like a, an like extended my, extended leave, not just a handful of days or a week or so. It's like a no, reasonable it's amount of time. Proper parental leave. Like six six um, months or something, yeah. No, not, yeah, not oh. quite that. Not quite that long. I think but. I think I think I think in Scotland it's six months. Like you, in Scotland, you can. I might be completely wrong here, uh, but I always like to refer things back to Scotland, the uh, socialist capital of the world. Uh, but but in Scotland, I believe they were planning or they have already done is when you have a child, the wife can go back to, or sorry, I shouldn't say wife because you can have non-married children. <clears throat> the, 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 the mother can take the maternity leave or the father can take paternity leave and mm. it's ni- nine months full pay, but it's either, not one, either one, either, either one, one. Takes it, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and in reality, yeah, in a lot of, like Matt's the same as, as us. Nowadays, a lot of women make more than men. You know, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have to work very hard to make more than Matt and I. So <laughs> it, it makes more sense for, for us to be sort of uh, the, the, the stay-at-home dad. So, but I was just wondering as well, uh, we're talking about, about diversity and, and inclusion, but Christina, you're obviously the head honcho at FMC, in, in, but not just Australia. The, the, oh. the wider sort of Southeast Asian area, is it? Before, before we right. go on to... Before we go into Christine's role there, there was one other question I had on that lead scholarship because I noticed that, so it's a scholarship that's run, but then there was some key criteria that was listed in terms of what you're looking for in prospective candidates and it's like it was weighted and, and, and mm. creativity, I think from memory, creativity was 30% of what you're looking for and I think authenticity was another and I was curious as to why, why are things like creativity and authenticity such highly uh, regarded in your view for, for, for like uh, this program? Well, I, I think ag 
ag needs innovation, it needs uh, evolution and um, creativity, authenticity, which to me is, you know, really an, an element of being an inclusive leader. That's, that's really, that's really key to it. The winners of this scholarship, um, we really want to create a platform and you'll hear more and more about Savannah and Georgia and media in the next couple of weeks. So look out for that. I, lo I love Savannah. And such a fantastic place. I spent a week there. Oh, and... no, Savannah Cotter, it's a woman. Oh. <laughs> I, thought you meant, like, like, I thought you meant there was like a conference in Savannah. Is the lady's name, is the, is the lady's name Savannah and her surname's Georgia? No, Savannah Coddington and Georgia. Oh, I thought you oh, yeah, yeah, said Savannah, Savannah in Georgia. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking her, her surname was Georgia. Or Savannah, her name was Savannah Georgia. And I thought, well, I, I, a, I, I was thinking one. Savannah in Georgia. Yeah. Right. There we go. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we want to we want to really put a platform up for. That, that sounded really ideas. bad when I said I love Savannah. Now <laughs> <laughs> it did sound kind of bad, yeah. But poor old George is left out. And uh, yeah, now there's going to be a lot of talk around. Uh, there's going to be an expose in the Weekly Times. <laughs> right, retrace it. I was referring to Savannah, the town in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to hear more from Savannah and Georgia. Yes, in the in in media, you'll you'll learn about what they do in agriculture and their their winning ideas. And um, yeah, I think to to allow, I guess these these young ladies to be role models, you know, for for the next women that are coming into that scholarship, or you know, women that are considering a career in agriculture and then staying in agriculture. That authenticity and creativity, I guess, in FMC's perspective, because we're about innovation. That's what mm. we do. That's really key. How, how, how do you, how do you, like, I actually really agree, because I, I think that in my view, as like Matt and I are analysts, yeah, and a lot of people say it's numbers, it's numbers, it's numbers. I actually don't think it's numbers. Like, Matt, we spoke about this, I think. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it's numbers. I think it's 90% creativity. Mm. And, and being able to think a little bit differently or, 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 or reinterpret things, which is a creative talent. I can't draw and I def oh, I can sing. I, I, clearly I can sing. Clearly I can sing, but, uh, but creativity is important. But how do you, like in this position, how do you judge that creativity? You're not going to get them to draw a picture. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people misconstrue creativity and think, Oh, they've got to be a Chick Olsen drawing oil yeah. pictures or whatever. But that isn't what we're talking about. We're not talking about oh, they they must be able to draw a, you know a a picture of Andrew looking dapper. Yeah. It, it's but creativity is more than that. It's creative thinking, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I guess with what you do, I mean, you look at the numbers. Yeah, I, I mean, anybody can look at the numbers, but it's the insights you draw on those numbers, looking at them differently than. You know, someone I else might with a different perspective or different background, and I guess with this scholarship, um, we look for it through through an essay they write. But okay. more broadly, when we're looking to hire people, you know, it's kind of questions of looking at the different backgrounds and how they can how they can apply that. And I think customer centricity is a big element in in all of that as well. And you can have you can have I've had a interviewed someone that. It's just highly customer centric from a totally different industry, 
but the way this person looked at um, understanding the customer and their needs mm. translates beautifully to our team. And um, even though she, you know, didn't have necessarily the background in crop protection, the whole team is learning from how she navigates around the room, and and our customers love her. <laughs> mm. So, so that's an interesting one. So, so you've employed somebody in as a salesperson, and, and this is a. I might go on a rant. If I do start ranting, let me know. But I've, I've, I've got this view that we've got a labor problem and move labor off farm. We're not talking about that in agribusiness. Yeah. And we spoke to uh, Chris Hoiberg a few weeks ago uh, about it. Yeah. In that we have to be more prepared to have people in the industry who aren't from farming and don't necessarily, you, you're, you're, engineer chemical engineer by background mechanical engineer mechanical engineer yeah. sorry yeah. which look is, is obviously applicable to fmc as as a as a production company matt and i completely different divergent backgrounds but a lot of jobs in agriculture you don't actually need that training in agriculture mm. like you could you could be an analyst and and do what we do uh, it takes a bit of time to get the experience maybe four years but yeah. you can start off. You don't have to come from fifth generation farm. But do you think the industry is taking into account, you know, people who are from other industries and then training them to actually convert those skills? Like logistics. I always go back yeah. to logistics. Sending a batch of chemicals from Sydney to Wagga Wagga is yeah. the same as sending a pair of trainers from yeah. Sydney to Wagga Wagga or runners in Australia. So I just want to like what what can, what can the industry do? Sneakers, 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 sneakers for Americans. <laughs> um, so so how how do, how does F well maybe FMC or just maybe the industry in general? How do you do that? Getting people from outside the industry mm. to come and also stay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess to take a, a personal angle. So even how did I get to FMC is an interesting one because. <laughs> I worked in agriculture before with Archer Daniels Midland, but after, after I, and this is, you know, this is a story that happens after I had my baby, couldn't travel as much. So I spent two years at Coca-Cola Amatil. So, you know, in a, in a recruiter's database, I was a little bit off the radar for who they were looking for in, in this role. You know, luckily my boss at the time um, said to the recruiter, find me diverse candidates. And, and that was not just women, but exactly like you say, people outside the industry. So it was pushing hard when you're recruiting to do the hard work and find someone that has learning agility, that has you know similar industry experience or background. And luckily then somehow I popped up and um, we live happily ever after. And I'm very happy to be here. Now I've come in and kind of done the the same thing where some some people have said no there's just no women there's no there's no candidates or you know no um we couldn't possibly consider somebody that doesn't have that ag experience and just keep pushing and pushing and that's where I don't believe in quotas for hiring because it can you always have to hire the best person for the job however that kind of quota for bring me a diverse candidate then you interview, you learn, and then our interview panel is also diverse. And we actually have learned a lot from each other, what our biases are, how we think about candidates. And um, I think just going through that experience has been fantastic. Um, and then it, this is kind of what we're seeing now. You, you hire a few of those people once in a while, they won't work out. But I think it's actually really hard not to love ag, <laughs> you know, spend a day 
out of Wagga uh, in the paddock with a with a farmer. Um, so yeah, part of my job is making those outside the industry just fall in love with ag, and I think it's um, one of the best parts, and it's pretty easy. I think so, you're, and then you're, we celebrate. But, but you make a, you, make, you make a good point there, Christina, just on that having people outside the industry fall in love because when you said your your path to ag was because you current boss now was was um or, you know was looking was looking for someone diverse right so yeah. that was like a someone within the sector you know making sure they've got the processes to to look for diverse people but you also need so you need from within looking out but you also need people that are outside the sector that will consider ag you know like if, if yeah. you're you know if you're on on the job hunt and you've never been involved in ag you need to be actually prepared to to look at it and also to have the courage i guess or the confidence in yourself mm. to say, here's a, here's a sector I know little about, but I do have transferable skills and therefore I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, right? So mm. you kind of need both, don't you? Yeah, that's true. And I think right now we're in a better place than ever, you know, given food security around the world is an issue, given there is so much technology, whether it's precision ag or you know, new biologicals, innovative crop protection solutions, you, you're opening up a, a whole nother pool of possible applicants. And, um, you know, we have to do the work of, of showing what a noble cause it is to work in ag, if that's what turns you on, or that it's techie and nerdy, and you can do analytics like you guys. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, it's a relatively easy sell. I think the National Farmers Federation has done some great work around that. And once again, you know, someone like Fiona, seeing such an authentic leader, um, it's got to be Emma, an attraction. Emma, Emma Germano, there's another one. Another one. Yeah, yeah. Jessica, Jessica Wallace. Absolutely. So we've got all these names and we intentionally name dropped all these people because we want to test if they actually listen to the podcast. So it's just, so if they don't reply to the podcast, they all owe us $10 it's each. A, it's a, it, we're shaming them into listening to it. <laughs> it. It is interesting, like, because uh, I, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back again. I'm going to go back in time. Liz to, Jackson. Liz Jackson. There we go. She, she will reply. I can guarantee she'll listen to the podcast. Uh, she's, she's already listening to it probably. Uh, <laughs> Before it's even finished, I, I gotta go, I'm gonna go back in time to the to the, to the, the, the back in the sands of time and to tell you a story about diversity. And, and okay. back, back when I was a boy, or back or... when I was a young lad in 2007, ish, oh. a long time ago. Um, and 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 here's a story about uh, employing people in. It used to be the, this used to be the story in Glasgow, but it's still the same in Belfast. Mm. when somebody's applying for a job one of the things the recruiters will do is remove your secondary school and your primary school name ah uh, yeah because you don't know who the recruiter is and if it's st joseph's or belfast grammar there's still a lot of animosity there in terms of catholicism and protestant so a lot of the world hasn't changed and there's, mm. and there's a lot of a lot of sort of interesting and there's a lot of when we were employing people in belfast there was always issues around things like the uniform can't mm. have a blue uniform can't have a green uniform so we'll have a black one so anyway but going back to you 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 are the, the big honcho the big boss of um, asia and, and ASEAN, yeah. I'm not responsible for China. <laughs> no. But 
you've, so you've got a diverse sort of portfolio. So I think you mentioned Indonesia, Pakistan. It's two. No, Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, and Cambodia, and New Zealand. So Australia, Australasia, and Southeast Asia, or something is the yeah. is the region. Yeah. And, yep. Well, that's good because because Martin and I are responsible for Tom Seller Markets globally, but that's that's cool that you've got you know Oceania. <laughs> All right. um, the uh, so Australia, yeah, a pretty multicultural, a pretty pretty cool place. We're all let's be honest, we're all pretty inclusive, especially, I guess, our age group. Yeah. And, and, and the new crew coming through is, is very sort of in, inclusive. Uh, FMC, I'm going to guess that FMC had global ambitions when it comes to things like inclusion and diversity. We sure do. Um, we actually announced more than a year ago now um, to try and reach gender equity um, by 2027 globally. So that's so, an ambition. Is that across all, all of the workforce at all levels? Yeah, it's a general it's a general target. So not broken down by you know top or middle management. But the, the interesting piece of that is a big part of the workforce is in the, the sales force and a big part um, is in our manufacturing footprint. And so that's in India <laughs> and China places like Pakistan, where the obstacles are, are very different. Because um, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, obviously, we have a very relatively inclusive society yeah. and, and, and very modern progressive society. Even, even even people might not think that, but it's still progressive in places like UK. Oh, definitely. Probably yeah. not, as, not as progressive as Norway or Finland, but nobody can be there uh, apart from then. But in terms of that must raise a whole bunch of different challenges because culturally, and this is not a, a slight, I don't know, I'm trying to phrase this without getting, you know, banned from visiting any of these countries. They don't have the same level of inclusivity from a cultural point of view. So, so, so how do you get across that? Yeah, I think we're, you know, we're still... We're or, still or, 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 or are you guys still trying to answer that one? <laughs> yeah, we are. But um, look, a couple of things that we have been doing that I think have... <clears throat> have been working really well. And I'm, I'm always a believer we're gonna kind of have a hockey stick uh, conversion of, of uh, a gender in some of these countries because you create a groundswell, you kind of build momentum and it will move more quickly. But in our manufacturing base, um, you, know, you, can, you can check it out online. We've run a series of trailblazer videos where we highlight some of the women in STEM and in manufacturing in particular, uh, talk a little bit about their background, why they chose their work and, and, um, and highlight how it's, how it's like to work there. That's one thing. Um, in, in terms of working in the field in countries like Pakistan and India, there's a great focus from the team uh, to bring in young people and kind of get them engaged really early on. There's a focus that's been successful in India, for example, bringing more experienced women into the marketing team and then um, building them back kind of back through the field team. But there's a lot of perceptions out there like it's not safe um, because of religion. It can't work. I've actually interviewed some of our, our women in those countries, you know, where they truly are trailblazers. And they know how to keep themselves safe. <laughs> you know, they, they live there, they have experience, they're, they're smart and savvy on the ground. Uh, so a lot of those obstacles, um, it, it, a couple of examples and you build momentum and, and we see that improving. So the other thing of course is um, 
you need male champions of change, most importantly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like you, 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 on the sort of leadership program that you guys were, were, were talking about, you were, you were sort of talking about female role models. But the must, even more importantly, I would have thought, is male role models for diversity. I'm, I'm not talking about gender diversity, but just male role models. At the moment, you, yes. you, you go to a CEO forum, it's all going to be men. But they've got to be championing it as well. I guess. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, <clears throat> I agree a hundred, a hundred percent. And in it's, it's in the countries, you know, that I, that I mentioned and actually within our ASEAN organization, um, you know, the gentleman that will call out to the other gentleman and, and say, what is the, it's a business benefit in the end of the day to be more inclusive and more diverse. That's really, that's, that is really what makes the difference. Um, and we you know we're working to to partner together um, with organizations like Nutrient Ag Solutions. We're we're 110 people in Australia. The conversations we have there, are, you've got more than 4,000 employees um, in in nearly every rural community, and um, that's where we can have a really much bigger impact. What, what would, like if you had a young 25 year old, let's say. What would be the tip for them? Somebody who's not that I'm not going to say women, male, whatever else. Yeah. Somebody who's not atypical agriculture. What would be your tip for them to to progress in in, in a career in ag? I I mean number one is um, I break social norms. You know because I think society said that before kind of puts some boundaries on us, whether that's ag or or other things, but. You know, I'm a woman that had her first kid at 40. That's that was not normal for me. That was a, a pathway. Um, have a kid when you're 20. Make sure you choose the right partner and um, and and be more equitable in in that. So break social norms. Don't be so worried about what other people are thinking. And um, don't, you know, don't, be model, scared, don't be scared to be different. Basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. And that's a, a motto we have in FMC, which really resonates is see yourself and be yourself. Um, I look back in my career in my 20s, I wasn't that. I was trying to be like an engineer, like all the rest of the guys and fit in. I was definitely not, not myself. Um, but if you can't see yourself, if you can't be yourself every day and be comfortable, you will not be successful. So find but, that. But what about like with Matt and I, if we be ourselves? Uh, and then, and, and then uh, we, we try and be ourselves. And there goes the, then, there goes the, and then no, the And then nobody likes us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so, so we 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 need to be more. So maybe maybe Matt and I is are the exception. We've got to be more fake and be more professional. <laughs> um, but it, look, it is it is interesting because um, I don't know. It's 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 you go to these events now, mm-hmm. and and like I'm still young ish and uh, you go to events and you meet a lot of people who are of the similar age to me sort of mm. early early to mid 30s you know millennials late mm. late millennials and it's a very different crowd and very different viewpoints on things as well which i think is important is for those viewpoints to start coming through but there's still a lot of pushback from those ideas across the industry yeah. and, and and matt and i uh, i guess we've like we haven't overcome particularly big barriers, but we have the biggest barrier we've overcome is is obviously not coming from ag. Mm, yeah, 
And so, so now I think over, well, I've been in ag longer than you, Matt. Um, mm-hmm, correct. I, I did, Matt. I did, I did some work at a dairy farm when I was fifteen. So <laughs> you know, I kind of, I started earlier and then you know, drifted away to currencies for a while, and I came back to my ancestral home. Well, that, well, I, I taught. <laughs> I was I was technically Matt's mentor for a number of years, and uh, you can have a younger mentor as well. That's true. Right? This is true. It, it doesn't matter on the age of the mentor. It's, it's you, you still could you still could be my mentor, Andrew. You never well, know I, the I, dynamic I, of I, the I, relationship. I, I, I still am. Um, come to modest, daddy. modest too. <laughs> come, come to daddy. Tell me your problems. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, the but. I've lost my train of thought, but I, I, um, in terms of in terms of that, that was a big thing. Is is uh, basically from our point of view, and my advice for what it's worth, which is probably zilch, is we overcame a couple of barriers of of not having that background, like mm-hmm. not having a name, and and you know being you know from overseas, being from like I was called a backpacker for probably the first five years, oh. and I was like, I wish that would be awesome yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm actually just a worker. Um, but but the reality is, I think we overcome that by being consistent. Mm. And and you mentioned about, uh, I think you mentioned uh, about creativity. But the second one you mentioned was authenticity, mm. mm-hmm. which I think is extremely important because I think uh, you can't fake it. Yeah. Like yeah. you're either authentic and you say what – like. You have a view. People, people, people can see if you're not authentic, it, it shows up in other, you know, mannerisms or, or, or characteristics that people can see through. And it, well, and you, it's can't, off, you, you, it's you can't, putting, you right? can't, you can't maintain fake authenticity. Correct. No. It, it, well, it's, it's, it, it's a drain on your own personality. Um, or, or, or lack of. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. but yeah, but it's 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 hard work to not be authentic, right? Well, and well, it's he, much well, easier to be true to yourself, right? Look, I'm, I'm going to open up here, you know. And, and there we go. Because oh, he hasn't been, he hasn't been honest with this yet. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one thing that I have overcome, which has been my biggest barrier, and this will surprise almost everyone, apart from people who knew when I was younger, is my shyness and lack mm. of confidence, oh, and yeah. my naturally introverted nature. And most people would think, no chance, no chance is that guy lacking a confidence. But I am naturally. And Matt, it's the same. Like whenever we write an article, yeah? And whenever I do, a, like we do a lot of radio interviews, yeah? Mm. And I was talking to the person who interviewed me yesterday. I'm absolutely bricking myself when I do it. <laughs> like after it, we did a presentation at UDF uh, in front of 100 dairy farmers. And we don't do dairy. So mm. it's sort of, you get up there and it was a pretty, pretty big crowd. And I was really concerned the whole time when I was doing it and afterwards you have a buzz but I think that is one of the things I had was was confidence and building that confidence but I think it was just I I think though if you're not if you're not having that level of it's not so much nervousness but it's just being uh being concerned that you're doing the right thing and doing a good job if you don't have that then you're one you're treating your audience with disdain yeah but but also i just don't think that it keeps you sharp if you you become a bit lazy or a bit kind of uh, ambivalent towards it then then you know that's not the best way to be so you've got to have a little bit of that edge of of um you know concern around you know what you're doing and what you're putting out there and how and what you the quality of your work basically but but i think my point was that i've overcome 
this sh- I haven't overcome this shyness. I've hidden the shyness or, mm. or put it put it in the background. Uh, but for younger people, is to be more confident. I wish I was as confident when yeah. I was twenty as yeah. I am now. And and just of of that view of well, just because you're young, doesn't mean your opinions aren't worthwhile. Stick your hand up in a meeting and say, nah, this yeah. is nonsense. Like, come on, guys, you you've got six people in the room all agreeing with something. Well, sometimes you need that. What's the term? Black hat. That's right. Or, or, so, so I like to think, Matt, we've spoken about this before in, a, in previous life mm. about, about an issue that we see is the a lot of people talk about, they read self-help books. You go to WH Smith's in Melbourne Airport and pick up a self-help book. Oh. Uh, but there's this view of positivity, yeah? And and I actually, we, we've had this kind of long, a few times, I don't think we had it in a podcast, about everyone's against toxic negativity, yeah? And that is 100%. You shouldn't be negative, yeah? But I think there's equally as big an issue with toxic positivity. Mm. And that if everyone is, you know, let's sing off the same hymn sheet, kumbaya, whatever else. But one of the things we have in this industry, and this is why we need more opinions, is that there can sometimes be a fear of putting your hand up and saying, look, guys, all six of you are uh, saying this is a great idea, but I think this is a terrible idea because of X, Y, and Z but you don't because it's a herd mentality at times. So I think we've got to be accepting that you can't just crush people's ideas. So, but isn't that, 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 that part of that having, having say, a, a forum of four or five people with the same views or all agreeing? Is destructive. That, well, but that's also part of the diversity argument, right? <clears throat> that if the reason why they're potentially all, all you know, seeing it from the same hymn sheet is because they've all had the same experiences, oh. they're all... You know, same, same, same private school, same university, yeah. support the same foodie club. You know. That's right. No, and I, I guess that's coming back to inclusion. If inclusion really works, we don't have to talk about diversity. Um, but to you know, to facilitate that conversation where the twenty-four-year-old can put their hand up, you need to have an inclusive leader. You know, somebody that's really curious about another perspective, like genuinely curious. Because if you are genuinely curious, you you know you listen. You have to facilitate through making the decision. But um, it's it it's um it takes leadership to really facilitate that and and give people the chance. Um, comes natural for some, but I uh, you know I guess not all. And I look back in my more global ag career, a lot of leaders I worked with that you know I'm still friends with very. Re- very much respect them. They they grew up and I grew up in that too, where you slammed your fist on the table, you were a strong leader, you cast your shadow, you led, you know, with force from the front. The direction was clear. Um, you know, the leadership style that I have might have looked a little bit like a shrinking back and letting other people do too much work. Um, we didn't always understand each other. So yeah. Hmm. Do you um do you think uh, like obviously that you know there's there's a lot being done uh, to try and increase this inclusion and diversity? How, how if you if you had, wanted to have a guess, Christina, about how long it's going to take to get there, at least from a from a more gender diverse in terms of more women in in those kind of more leadership positions, um, and in, even just across the board in terms of increased participation in the whole of the ag workforce for women. Um, how, how long do you think we're going to take before we get to the levels that are suitable? 
Boy, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good question. Well, as I said, I think, I do think there's a hockey stick. I think there's a groundswell and it's happening now with this conversation. You know, it's happening, it's happening probably more in the proof points, you know, maybe some of the work that, that you guys are, are doing where you're bringing different insights to the data, um, you know, in my own team where one of the regions is saying, wow, I never thought I'd work with a, a Asian woman, a gay guy and have a female boss, but I'm loving it. Um, you know, in that kind of groundswell, it's happening now. So I, I think I would hope within, you know, five to 10 years in, in FMC 2027 is our big hairy ambition. Yeah. And um, without putting that out there, you know, you know we'd, we'd never really try hard enough. So the key is, though, not alienating anyone. Um, not women, not men, you know, not people of LGBTQ community. We have to bring everyone on the journey. And um, that, that really does take leadership. I know for myself, I've put a lot of energy into conversations like, you know, go for this promotion, even if you're going to have a baby next year, it doesn't matter, you know, go for it. You take the time, you take the energy. And um, that's the commitment, though, that's needed. Luckily, you know, for me, that gives me heaps of energy back. And uh, it's yeah, just yeah. like a self -pro self propelling, I don't know, uh, lawnmower, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm thinking that the, I'm looking back to us. Yeah, Matt, again, mm -hmm. related back to us in terms of we are probably going to look to grow and expand this year with new staff members. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we had authenticity, creativity. Uh, so 30%, 30%, let's say. Another forty percent ability to write puns. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge, knowledge of pop culture and, yeah, and you know, music. No, and, so, so we need. Yeah. Actually, we also need uh, ability to write memes because we did, we actually need a director of memes. Because <laughs> I'm currently acting director, I think, of memes. We need someone. We need someone with a better singing voice than the two of us. Just the yeah, two of us. No, I don't think so. I think you're great. But uh, look, I think I think it's look. I do. The one thing I think is that the conversations changed around diversity, yeah. And that a couple of years ago, if we were talking about diversity, people would be saying, "Oh, it's just quota filling. It's just you know getting somebody the job who doesn't necessarily deserve it." But I think people are saying that it's not that. And 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 I, I still think the diversity is not a physical thing. It's still that diversity of of opinion, way of thinking, and. Uh, and yeah, look, it's it's a, a journey, isn't it? That's it's not a it's not an end result. It's a journey. Absolutely, it's not, it's not the destination. So you know, there's research out there that says, and I actually would love to understand exactly how they they do this, but that inclusive teams um, they deliver better decisions 87 percent of the time, and also two times faster with half the meetings. Um, you know, if if that's true. Who is that is that, that for the for the, for the more diverse team? That's the outcome. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the more diverse and also inclusive, and that's of course around you know all dimensions of of diversity. That's an interesting. The opposite thing is right. See if you do that same meeting with diverse people, and then you put a couple of Scottish people in there, <laughs> you uh, and you can probably add about twenty percent longer meetings. Because we'll just talk about anecdotes and the old country and the old country, you know. And but it wasn't done like this, you know. I remember when, you know, remember when King Edward invaded in eighteen twenty, and uh, so so there there is an element to diversity. You don't want too many Scottish people in it. 
<laughs> because 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 that is going to just cause everything to go back downhill again. So. Yeah. So I think we're coming to the end. Do you have any words of wisdom before you go? I I I just want to say thanks. You know, for the for the opportunity, and um, I think you asked a great question there. What's the advice? So. Be yourself, go for it, put your hand up, whatever you want to do, go with um, ambition and, and speed. And we need innovation in this industry and uh, this conversation. It's, uh, as you said, it's not about the quotas, it's seeing it, feeling it, believing it. Um, before, before, before we go, I had a debate with somebody the other day yeah, in the pub. Is it okay to be not ambitious? Like, like, is it okay to be content? Well, I guess if you want to be content, then you go after being content with all your heart, right? Uh, it's what, no, well, it's if, what if, you if, want. If you've, yeah. paid, you've paid off your house, yeah. you, don't, you don't want to be traveling around the world day after day, eating terrible hotel food. Like, we could be ambitious, which is good. We mm. don't all have to be ambitious. We can just be content. Oh, that's, part, that's part of your authenticity, though, isn't it? If you if you know what you like and who you are and, and it's not to do all those other, you know, travel the world routines and... And climb up the ladder if you if you've reached the spot where you're comfortable and you're comfortable in yourself, then then embrace it. Embrace. Yeah. Or is that too positive? Is that too much positivity for you, Andrew? <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. But I'm, I'm like I had this debate the other day, and it comes back to this word. I have a word which I don't particularly like in agriculture, and I see it all the time. And I'm and I know I said we're just going to go, but we're going off on another tangent again. Is is passion? Mm. About passion for agriculture. I don't think I've got any passion for agriculture. Oh, I've got a passion for the job. I enjoy yeah. what I do, but but Matt and I, Matt, you could leave this job yeah tomorrow, mm. and the two of us can go off tomorrow, and we could be analysing equities or iron ore. Uh, no, I've done, I've done, I've been in other <coughs> analysis areas and trading. I, I actually do like being in ag because. Um, but it, know, but it, but, well. it's, but, it, but it's not the industry. It's it's the solving the puzzle that you enjoy. Yeah, but I could solve a puzzle. Like I solved puzzles in currency markets for a decade or more. Um, uh, yet that I found that to be really well, the the people in that sector. You know, I'm, I'm obviously generalising, but it's but because it, it's because you met me. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, fine. No, it's I'm, fine. I'm, just just I'm, say it. Just I'm say happy, it. I'm happy it's, doing it's, ag market just, analysis. Just, I don't think I'd be wanting to do just, market just, analysis of other commodity I, stuff. Just I, say it. Just say it, Matt. I like fun. working with you, Andrew. See I know no one else likes you, but I like you. <laughs> I have to uh, say, I've yeah. been in and out of ag, and um, I do, I do have passion for ag. Um, you know, I, I like, I can't hide it. It's people are so down to earth, and um, well, on average, authentic. We're ta- we're talking about that a lot. Um, I like it. I don't know. And, and, we have to get a- you out in the paddock more. Yeah, that's it. Well, see, I've got a hobby farm, and Andrew, like, I'll spend most of my weekends out in the veggie garden or doing something out on the paddocks, fixing fences. But um, give, me, uh, give, I, give me a give me a beach house. Yeah, I um, <laughs> it took me it took me about a decade. Like when I left the currency game, and that I did other things in between. But it took me probably a decade or more to get into ag. I'd, I'd been wanting to get into ag and just didn't know how to do it. You know, because coming from that urban background. Um, you know, so for me, it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a journey to get there, let alone to then be, you know, kind of. I, look, I, you know. I, I still, I like ag. Like, I, I was being a bit facetious. I don't have a passion for ag. I like it. 
but mm. I, I, maybe I just don't like the word passion used <laughs> used in a non. Not unless it, not unless unless it, it precedes uh, fruit. Passion fruit or in a romantic setting. I just, I just, I just, <laughs> or both. Whatever. Oh. But, but I, I just think that when you, when you sort of like, I guess this comes, actually this comes back to a serious point as well, is that from an analyst point of view, you cannot have a passion for the industry. You can have a passion Ooh. for what you do. But if I have a passion, let's say for instance, I was. Wait, you say I, you don't have a passion for it. You have a passion for your motorbike, say. Would that be your, your biggest passion, apart from your family, of course, and lovely? No, uh, I've got a passion for haggis and black <laughs> No, I'd, but no. When when you when you sort of but but come back a second, yeah. Like as mm-hmm. a, as an analyst, yeah, I could I could really love wool, yeah, and I could be like, oh, I love wool. I want the wool industry to do really well, and that's fantastic. Like, let's talk about wool. Let's talk it up, talk it up, talk it up. But I can't do that. Like I do grains, because I'm not there to talk up the industry. Because I need to be objective. But and that's I. It's not. It's not. Sorry. Like I wanted to do well. I want farmers to do well and stuff. But I have to be prepared to say, guys, the market's going to fall. Yeah, and, and I think you, being being um, straightforward and 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 telling the truth is still can show the the passion hmm. for the industry because people need to know: Are we competitive? with other yeah, global true. markets um you're you know you're a truth teller so maybe i'm passionate yeah. maybe i am well you're, maybe, you're, maybe, you you're conf- maybe you're confusing being passionate with being a cheerleader right yeah like true you can, you can be passionate about the sector but but also oh, like, I, I like and be, be like, passionate about markets right you, like, you like, are passionate I, about markets oh, i love yeah. markets yeah but yeah. Then, then then i go back to i think we went to the nff conference technically we didn't go because we didn't have a ticket uh but <laughs> Naughty, naughty. We, we were at si- we were at sidelines. We uh, didn't go inside. We just we just spoke to a few people in the meeting area. <laughs> and uh, but when 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 I look back to that, I like the fact that it's such a small industry. Like I, I speak to people in Ukraine, Russia, uh, Spain, France, whatever, on a on a daily basis. And if I go to a conference in Geneva, I'm bound to bump into people who say, "Oh." There's Andrew. Or same here, we're going to an NFF conference and you meet so many people that you knew. Probably more so because we haven't seen them in four years or two years yeah. or whatever it's been. But 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 yeah. I'm passionate about the industry. Maybe I was just getting, maybe I was just getting my words wrong because I don't speak English as a first language. <laughs> There's hope. And it's, there you go. Yeah. So you're about to do the wind up, and I think we we promised Christina a little bit of a, a musical, a musical yes. wind up, didn't we? And and this is not we're not trying to be racist or stereotypical either, but we thought this music would fit in quite well. And, and every, uh, every, there was every, one that we all we all knew the words to. Well, probably a lot of people would be able to sing along with us in their in their tractors, Andrew. Tractors are in the cars or or in, or in their C-suite office. So, Matt, you start. Well, you I thought when you said so, you're going to start with so bye 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 me Miss American, American Pie. pie. Drove oh, my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. They good old boys were drinking, drinking whiskey and, and rye. rye. That's us, Andrew. See no, was, <laughs> this will be the day that I die. die. Well, we hope you don't die, obviously. No, it's not at all, But we hope you have a good day. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, so now we've ruined another song for <laughs> thousands of people. 
we did, we did have feedback of our intro music that said, I can never listen to just the two of us ever again. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much, guys, because I used to like that song. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming along. And the good thing about it is that sometimes when you speak to somebody of a above the glass ceiling like yourself, they can be a bit guarded and, and you haven't been. You, you've you, you've done well in terms of being off the cuff, which is always good. And authentic. And authentic. authentic. And, and creative if you're singing. Fantastic. So, so if you want to apply for that leadership program, go ahead. You, oh, you, thank you. Well. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I think you should add to your recruitment questionnaire, mm-hmm. and, and here is one, and you can use this to basically cut people off and say that you've not got the job. Oh. <laughs> no, where you're going with this one. Don't say haggis. No. <laughs> uh, uh, just a, a, a one paragraph a, a question with one paragraph answer for the applicant. Tell us about your favorite Ag Watchers episode and uh. why. <laughs> and if they say, I don't know what it is, then you can say, look, you're clearly not interested or you're clearly not passionate about the industry because you're not, you're not keeping yourself informed. So, so there's the, 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 but the, if the you, exclusion if you question. Be, if you want to right. be diverse, if you want to be diverse, you need to have people that don't listen to Ag Watchers as well in the group. Go be inclusive. Oh. Yeah, it's, but you... Andrew, see when you got nothing on. Cheerio. Like to know how we go.